Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Pod bless everybody. I'm your host of OPP, Corey Cambridge. And before we get started with this amazing episode, I want to tell you about my other show, Silent Giants. Silent Giants is a podcast that highlights the superstars behind the scenes of popular culture. Ever wondered who made the MTV logo? Did you know the person who wrote Earth, Wind & Fire's hit song September? Also wrote the theme song for the hit 90s TV show Friends? On Silent Giants, we learn more about these amazing people and dig deep to learn more about their most famous works. Be sure to check out Silent Giants on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever else you listen to podcasts. Now, let me introduce you to our special guest of OPP. Hi, I'm Archie Mann, host of Canada Land's hit show Commons, and this is OPP. God bless everybody, and welcome back to another episode of OPP, Other People's Podcast highlights America's top podcasters and the dope shows they created. I'm your host, Corey Cambridge. On this episode, we're crossing the northern border into Canada and interviewing our special guest, Archie Mann, host of the hit podcast, Commons, a Canadian politics show for people who hate politics. On the latest season of Commons called Dynasties, Archie shares the stories of the rich and powerful families that run Canada. In this interview, I got to chat with Archie about his background, how he got into journalism, we chat about the podcasting industry in Canada, we get his podcaster's picks, and of course, we chat about his dope show, Commons. So, let's get on to our interview with Archie Mann. Yo, Archie, what's up, bro? <laughs> Not much. How are you? Dude, happy Sunday to you, man. Yeah, happy fucking Sunday. All right. So I know uh, I'm, I'm based in New York City. I'm based in yep. Brooklyn. So right now, America is tuned in to Ashley football just started two minutes ago. But <laughs> everyone's rocking football right now on the yep. couch eating wings. What are you doing on a Sunday in Canada? Oh, I'm working. I mean, technically, it's Thanksgiving weekend this week. But uh, uh, like in Canada, because we have ours a month earlier than uh, than you guys. But unfortunately, my podcast comes out on Tuesday, so we got to work uh, Sunday and Monday to get it out. Wait, so wait, so what is what is the Canadian Thanksgiving based around? Like, what's the story behind it? Is it oh, similar God, to America's no story? Idea. I like. I think it might be the same story, or it might have something to do with Martin Frobisher, or like something. Either way, we don't really like hear the story. I think we hear the American version and just kind of get fed that. But all we know is that it's a month earlier. So I didn't even know y'all had a Canadian Thanksgiving. Is, <laughs> oh, is it? Yeah. A, is it a big deal? Canadian? Yeah, yeah. I mean, everyone go like people go home. Like I don't think it's as big of a deal as as the states. My impression of my what my American friends tell me is that American Thanksgiving's like a huge deal. Huge. Like people really do like fly back home it's it's a massive thing the beginning of the holiday season here it's more of like a stat holiday if you're nearby home you'll probably go to your parents or someone's for dinner right but like i'm from vancouver and i'm not flying home this weekend because you know it's just not i don't think it has the same weight 
Okay, okay. What what is like the big Canadian holiday that you guys go crazy about? I mean, I Christmas probably, Christmas, New Year's, right? I don't think there's any like even even uh Canada Day, which is what, three days before July the fourth is on the first of July instead of the fourth of July. It's like a big deal, but I get the impression it's not as big of a deal as in the States again. I don't just don't think Canada's that good at holidays, not gonna lie. America has such like patriotism or such yeah. like big nationalism is there a reason why canada doesn't like have that same does it have that yeah, same because feeling? we're stuck next to you assholes <laughs> <laughs> the, look the, the entire it, it's it's a big cliche in canada to to be constantly thinking about why canada doesn't have this kind of like strong sense of identity and i think a huge reason is one we talk pretty similarly to americans so we can watch american tv american news and kind of see ourselves reflected at least anglo canadians right yeah. you got to remember there's that whole part that speaks french and they have a really strong identity they have you know a good strong sense of history and like all that kind of stuff that we lack and i think yeah, so much of it is also like we're pretty sparsely populated, but really big. So in Canada, you have a lot stronger regional identities, right? Yeah. A lot of the time people are like every single province has its own like weird separatist movement, for instance. And so like British Columbians, a lot of the time will identify more as like identify with like folks from from Washington State or Oregon more than they will from people from Ontario, for instance. Or people out in the Maritimes or Newfoundland, they have their own kind of really strong sense of regional identity. But Canada as a country, sometimes, I'm not saying that we don't have anything, but it's, I think, a lot weaker than the kind of American patriotism that you see uh, from, from you folks. With this podcast, uh, OPP, I've been featuring a lot of like the top podcasters here in America, mm -hmm. and I'm realizing like, yo, I'm being kind of such an American. <laughs> I'm being <laughs> yeah. I'm being that asshole in podcast <laughs> form, and that there are amazing podcasters around the world who are doing like really really dope shit. So oh yeah, is, everywhere. What, what does it feel like to actually have with the Toronto Raptors winning an NBA title, mm -hmm. or with artists like Drake or Bieber becoming international stars and getting a lot of love in America? What does it feel like to have Canada be really appreciated, you know, for what you guys have, are contributing? to popular culture you know so in in a lot of ways it's it's not even canada i feel like that's that's having that moment it's toronto specifically mm. right like you can go back to like yeah when drake is becoming the biggest pop star in the world and you know probably still is even have justin bieber kind of coming up but then i think the real breakthrough break breakthrough moment for toronto specifically weirdly enough was uh rob ford our crack smoking mayor uh <laughs> Who actually the next episode of Commons is about the Fords and their dynasty. So it's very topical for the podcast, too. But like that was a time when all of a sudden the leader of Toronto became the most famous politician in the world for like a hot second. <laughs> and although everybody in Toronto was talking about like, oh, my God, we're so embarrassed. Can you imagine? Actually, I think deep down inside, we were a little bit proud. We were like, yeah, you know what? Every like people in New York and folks in Nairobi and folks in New Delhi are all talking about our crack smoking mayor, which means they're talking about us. But like that was the time when the you know the Toronto economy was booming. A whole bunch of people were moving here. The city was kind of gaining a sense of its own identity. And then I think the yeah the capper on that was really the Raptors win this year. I have never seen a city like that. It was nuts. Because uh, Toronto sports teams don't win shit ever. <laughs> the last time was, you know, the the Blue Jays run in the early '90s with two back to back World Series, and no, since then, no, nothing. No, no pun intended. Back to back. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but now, 
like, oh, finally. that It was such a relief. It felt like, okay, now we can stop kind of comparing ourselves to everyone else and just kind of like live in our own, in our own like mold, right? And I think, yeah, Toronto's really kind of ha- been having a moment and now there's a feeling, I think, that like, okay, we've made it a little and we're a little bit more comfortable. Uh, how did you get into the world of, of media and podcasting? So I, I grew up in like the the kind of suburbs around Vancouver, uh, and I went to uh, UBC, which is like the university in the main university in Vancouver. And like for about four years, I just kind of drank my way through an arts undergrad. Didn't really have like didn't know what the hell I was going to do. Just took like some classes and kind of had no real sense of uh, of what I wanted to do with my career. Um, and it was kind of working odd jobs and things like that. Uh, and one, you know, I was working at, especially, uh, Tim Hortons, you know, the, like, oh, the restaurant chain. Yeah. The restaurant chain, the <laughs> coffee shop <laughs> fucking hate it. Uh, but you know, I needed a job. I needed some spending money. Right. So I'm working there and it's my fourth year of university and I'm like, fuck, I fucking hate this. I hate this so goddamn much. And then one day. Uh, a guy I kind of knew mentioned that there was a job opening at the student newspaper for, like, the news editor. And this would be an actual full-time job to, like, run the news section. And I'd never written an article in my life. But I dropped by the student newspaper once or twice. And what he told me is because it's an election, nobody was running. So if I ran, even if I had no experience whatsoever, I'd get the job by default. And that's what happened. I just wanted to stop working at fucking Tim Hortons, wear their ugly ass brown uniforms and be bossed around by like my 20 year old manager. Like I was done. So I was like, all right, fine. I guess I'll be a fucking journalist. Okay. I knew nothing. I had no desire to be in media. Uh, But then after like a summer of like, working in their base ugly ass basement office for free while like the the head of the newspaper just taught me like okay here's how you write a story here's how you do an interview um after a while you know i found i was like okay i'm not too bad at this and so i worked there for another two years got a job got a job out in toronto afterwards kind of running the like there was this organization that was like the national student newspaper organization so i ran the editorial side of that for a year and then it was a lot of hopping around from job to job, um, like you do when you're kind of a young journalist. So I worked at the Toronto Star for like a hot minute. Then I worked at a few magazines, Canadian Business, Canadian Lawyer. Then I worked at Extra, which was like an LGBT publication for like three years. Um, and then, so most of my career had been just like writing, print reporting, and that was it. Um, but I got laid off from Extra like in August of last year, because, uh, you know, journalism so there's a lot of layoffs oh yeah and uh you know somebody from canada land reached out to me because i'd been on the show uh, a few times uh like their main podcast and i i was pretty you know toronto's a pretty small media scene even though it's like the biggest one in canada you kind of get to know everybody um so they reached out to me be like uh do you have a pitch for for commons do you want to like take over this like there there might be an opening here if you're if you're kind of interested so I was really desperate for a job. So I put together, as you can see, a lot of my my media career has been like born of just desperation. <laughs> There's been very little intentionality to anything. There was no plan. I just kind of Dude, rolled when, with the when punches. I, when I come to Canada, we're going to go to Tim Hortons. <laughs> <laughs> 
I want to hit you right. up when I when I'm in the TO, and we're gonna go to Tim Hortons, dog. <laughs> I love it. But yeah, then they they pitched like I I came together with a pitch for the show. Like I I thought about like okay, what do what's missing from Canada's media like podcast sphere that I would want to listen to, and Commons was kind of it. I know with the culture of American podcasting right now, yeah. especially. I call New York City like the podcast uh, capital of the world. Like everybody here is involved or has one or listens to <laughs> yeah, them. Yeah, yeah. Look, I'm embarrassed every time now. I like someone asks me what I do, and I say like I host a podcast because it doesn't sound real. It sounds made up, right? It's like, oh yeah, everyone hosts a podcast. It's like, no, no, no. I, I, it's actually like my job. It's my full time thing. Like it can be because yeah, everyone just fucking has one these days, and it's it's really funny because New York City is such a big, like one of the largest media hubs. Yep. It's very common for say, you know, I'm a podcaster for Gimlet or the yep. New York Post or the New York Times. Mm-hmm. So it does it does have a little bit more like I feel like kind of cachet yep. here in New York City specifically. What is the podcasting culture like? Is it a a large listenership in Canada? Is it no. a growing listenership? What what is the scene like there? Look, it's it's growing, but it's still really small. Like like I was alluding to earlier. The main podcasts in Canada are American podcasts. So if you look at the podcast charts in uh, on any given day on on like Apple Podcasts, it's gonna be most of the top ten shows, top twenty shows, top thirty shows. Most of them will be American shows. So there's only been a few players in Canada. The biggest one is by far CBC podcasts. CBC is the kind of like publicly funded broadcaster in Canada. So they have a fuck ton of money. They already make, you know, the most the big the most radio. So they have the kind of skill set. And if they've been moving more and more aggressively into podcasting the last few years. So a lot of the biggest ones are from them. And besides that, then you have a few small players. Canada Land's probably the next biggest and we're tiny. There's 10 of us who work here, only a handful of shows. Uh, and while we have really good listenership for Canada, if you compared it to most American shows, it would be very small because our just our target audience is 10 times smaller, right? There's only 30 million odd people in Canada compared to 300 plus in uh, in the States. You know, some of our shows do get American audiences too, and that can be kind of the holy grail. So there was, uh, did a, an investigative series uh, called Thunder Bay, which was on a city in northern Ontario that's just rife with racism against indigenous folks. Um, and that one really did break through in, in America as well and kind of got a lot of listeners from all over the place. And that was nice to see. But at the same time, you know, for, for say, uh, Commons, our show, our show's aggressively Canadian, right? Like it yeah. really is targeted to Canada. And a big part of the ethos is a lot of Canadian media, ironically enough, treats Canada as an afterthought or treats Canadian stories like, oh, they're kind of secondary to American ones. But honestly, there's a lot of crazy fucked up shit that's really interesting that happens in Canada all the time. And you don't have to treat it like an afterthought, right? Like Australians don't act this way. Australians, because they're kind of like in their own little place, they think there's fewer of them than there are Canadians, but they treat themselves, they treat their stories with the the import that's required. And in Canada, we just don't do that. So that was a big part of the goal is like, look, there's all kinds of shit happening here. So why don't we talk about it? And like, let me tell you some of the insane stories that you might have seen a little bit in the newspaper, but no one's really like pieced it together for you. America has no technological advantage over mm-hmm. Canada, right? We all have smartphones. Yep. We all have the internet. Uh, why do you think that the 
the podcasting market in Canada uh, is kind of slower or, or taking a longer time to catching on to the podcasting wave? I mean, I don't, I don't know if it's necessarily slower in terms of like people have been doing podcasts here for a long time. Some of some of the most popular podcasts are from Canada. You just wouldn't necessarily know it. Uh, some uh, there's something like I don't know. Stop podcasting yourself is for, out of Vancouver has a huge listenership, um, but you know a big chunk of that's from uh, from the U.S. and from around the world. Um, I think what we're missing is the kind of big institutions that are really pushing podcasts here. So, for instance, we do have like CBC, which is the kind of equivalent to like NPR, right? Yeah, They're putting yeah. out a lot of prestige podcasts, even though they did move a bit later on that than NPR did. Uh, they, if CBC had moved a few years earlier, I think they'd be even bigger than they already are. But they have the money, they have the investment to kind of do that. Then you have pl- things like Canada Land, which were small, but the reason that I think Canada Land was able to take off within a Canadian context is because they started like five years ago and had a few, you know, big important stories that really, you know, uh, changed the national conversation. So they had, we had kind of a first mover advantage here. But now if, you know, I know folks who want to start like podcast networks or things like that, but the kind of money that's required to break through at this point when you're competing with people like Gimlet, like NPR, like CBC, places that have, you know, massive amounts of investment capital that they can put into advertising uh, and into promotions, you know, it just makes it more difficult. It's so much more crowded now. And a lot of the those big networks are coming from the States. So. I'd, I'm not saying that there won't be other folks to come up with in Canada and are going to be able to make amazing things and compete, maybe even create businesses that are are sustainable. Uh, but it is just always tougher in Canada to start any kind of media enterprise because the population is so much smaller. And because, you know, if you if you had the money, you'd probably aim it towards America because you have a little bit you have a much better chance of making something that can last, that you can make a profit on, that could uh, be sustainable in the long run. It's just tough here. Arshi, we're going to take a quick break. We'll get back. Mm-hmm. We're going to get to your podcast comments. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. Great. My G, we back. How did you first discover the medium, Archie, of podcasting? Oh, I've been listening to podcasts for a long time. I mean, I used to, back in the day, you know, when I was like, 1920 i used to work a lot of data entry jobs so i'd just be sitting there kind of mindlessly you know moving data from one like screen to another and just like typing and you know you need something going on in your brain to like keep you awake so i listened to a lot of uh a lot of podcasts back then that'd be like 2007 i don't even remember what i was listening to like i think it was things like what the the savage love cast i remember that being a thing i remember what like stuff you learned in history class i think that was around uh but i 
Oh, and a lot of episodes of like This American Life as well. But I don't remember what else was kind of around then. But ever since then, I've been listening to a lot of podcasts. I mean, now I'm I'm an obsessive. Like, I get like 90% of my media consumption is through podcasts, partially because I want to hear what else other people are doing and kind of like steal from them, right? Because when you're when you're a creator yourself, you're always looking for for that new spark of inspiration. But also, you know, it's just so much easier. Like I can do other shit while I'm uh, I'm listening to podcasts too, but yeah, been listening for a very long time. So uh, for the listeners here, uh, describe yep. describe Commons to the audience. Sure. So uh, Commons, at least in the form, Commons has actually been around for a few years. It like maybe about four years. It's gone through a variety of iterations, but the one the kind of Commons that I've been hosting, which has been going on for the last year, it's a story driven scripted show about fucked up, crazy, interesting shit in Canada. And what we'll do is we'll take, we'll interview journalists, we'll interview people involved in issues um, and mix that with like fucking awesome music and a whole bunch of tape so that people can actually like hear a story from back to front. And then our most recent season, it's called Dynasties and it's about the rich, powerful families uh, that control Canada, whether it's uh, political or commercial, and again, all of the kind of insane stories that come from come from them. So you met, we mentioned the Fords earlier. That's the one we're working on right now about you know the crack smoking mayor and uh, his brother, who's now Premier of Ontario. Weirdly enough, I think that gives you a pretty good sense of uh, <laughs> of the show. There, I, I got a chance to listen to Dynasties One and Two. Oh yeah, what did you learn about? What do you want the listener to learn about dynasties and about powerful families that they probably wouldn't know before? So one of the one of the big things that I think especially Canadians kind of need to realize about their own country is a lot of the decisions that are made are are made on behalf of these handful of really powerful families who made their money 50, 100 years ago in some cases, right? These aren't, we don't have that many like tech billionaires that are super powerful like the US does. Like we do have a handful of tech billionaires, but they all live in the US as well. So the folks who really do run Canada are these these kind of long standing, almost not quite old money, but like old for Canada money. Um, you know, and and so. The other thing that I really wanted to take away that's been bothering me for a long time is just to get elected in this country to almost any sort of office, it seems like you need to have a famous last name, right? So one thing I mentioned at the top of that show is where I live in Toronto, my city councillor is from a di- like a political dynasty family, the Leightons. You know, there's at least three of them that were elected to office, four actually, three generations of elected officials. My mayor is also from, a, you know, a Tory. He's from a famous kind of dynastic family as well. Same thing with the premier, same thing with the prime minister. So like at every level of government, I'm represented by somebody who didn't make it themselves, right? Yeah. They all got it from a parent, a grandparent, that kind of thing. And there is this myth in Canada, in the same way I think there is in the U.S., that I think more so in Canada even, that we're a country that that really rewards meritocracy, that, you know, if you work hard, you can make it. And the folks, the folks who are at the top did it because, got there because they worked hard or because they were smarter. I'm like, that, that's just not fucking true. Um, the other thing that I want people to take away from dynasties, and again, this is kind of Canada-specific, is 
we're very a historical country. We forget our history really often. Um, you know, coming from Vancouver, there was a sense amongst Vancouverites that the city just kind of sprung to life in like 1986 during Expo and like nothing had existed before. And I wanted to really, over the, the course of the season, I really want to take a look into questions of like inheritance, of memory, and of legacy. So I want to, we want to look at dynasties kind of going backwards, but then also looking into the future. And we have a few stories coming up about uh, people who are trying to build dynasties and what that kind of means. Um, you know, a big part of commons in general is just really taking that history seriously and looking at what it is that, um, that we got from the past, what we owe the past, and what it means when we forget that. And so that's one of the big takeaways that I want people to, to, to get from this season. So, Arshi, uh, we are at a part of the show called Our Podcasters Picks. <laughs> and this is, one, this is when I asked the guests of today's show uh, to give me their top three favorite podcasts, describe them to the audience, and, um, yeah, that's it. Awesome. Okay, so one, uh, probably, I'd say the best podcast in Canada right now that Americans will 100% enjoy. Anyone from across, I mean, enjoy is maybe the wrong word, but it is, it is the best thing in this country right now. It's a podcast called Crackdown. And it's based out of my hometown of Vancouver, and it is the most thorough, most interesting look at the opiate crisis happening right now. The production values are off the roof, and the downtown east side of Vancouver is probably ground zero for the opiate epidemic in North America. It is, um, there, there are people dying there every day, um, and a lot of the kind of uh, responses to the opiate epidemic over the last few decades have had their start in Vancouver, whether it's harm reduction, whether it's drug users organizing. Um, and so, you know, looking at Vancouver is, I think, a, a really interesting way to approach the subject. But more importantly, it's a podcast that's made by drug users themselves. So the host, Garth Mullins, he's an opiate user. Most of the editorial board, they're opiate users. And they, unfortunately, throughout the series, you can hear the consequences of this epidemic because they lose editorial members between episodes. And it's, it is heartbreaking. Uh, it, it, wow. But I promise you, if you listen to this show, you will have a better understanding of what this epidemic means uh, than in almost any other way. So I really recommend it. Again, it's called Crackdown. Um, and uh, yeah, give it a listen. Another one that I, I want to shout out is uh, Media Indigena, another Canadian podcast. Um, and this one focuses on Indigenous issues, uh, comes out every week. It's more of a roundtable instead of like a storytelling show. Um, but, you know, Indigenous issues often get kind of sidelined, both in Canada and the U.S. Um, and Media Indigena, you know, they, they they don't restrict themselves to the national borders, obviously, because Indigenous folks... Um, you know, the, the, their borders kind of overlap both countries. Uh, so for Americans, I think you'll get a lot out of it as well. Um, and it's, it's yeah, hosted by Rick Harp, um, uh, Kim Tallbear, and a few other folks, and includes at least one person out of the States on the panel. So, yeah, I re definitely recommend Media Indigena now. One of my favorite shows in Canada. Listen to it every week. Uh, the last one I'll give is a little bit less heavy. Um, another Canadian show. This one's made by a few friends of mine. Uh, Karina Palmatesta and uh, uh, Pippa Johnstone. Uh, it's called Word Bomb, and it's just about like 
kind of looking at at individual words, both their linguistic and political meaning. And that might sound dry initially, but honestly, give it a listen. And it's it's a lot of fun, really interesting. You know, some of the words that they're uh, talking about this season, I think the first one was like polyamory. And so, you know, you can imagine that ends up in some interesting places. <laughs> um, but yeah, Word Bomb, that's on uh, TVO. Uh, give that one a listen to. And um, RC, before we wrap up this interview, man, um, why do you podcast? I mean, at this point, because it's, it's, oh God, it's so much fun. I mean, there's no better, like as a journalist, right? Like I do journalism because it's the only thing I can do at this point. If I, if I had to do something else, I'd be like itching to like get over and do some more journalism. So it, you know, it's my passion, but I love podcasting because it's such an immediate, intimate kind of medium. It really like people really latch onto it in a way they don't through uh, writing, and you don't you know uh, my co-producer and I Jordan we put together this show every two weeks. If you give it a listen, you'll hear that it is some complicated shit. It is really like we produce the hell out of this thing, but there's only two of us who do it. So even with a pretty you know high production type show you don't need to have that many resources to make something pretty good. So I love that as well. Um, but yeah, I, I hope to keep podcasting for, for a good long time. Archie, dude, it's such a pleasure. Thank you so much for taking the time to talk with me today. I know you got an episode to get out on Tuesday <laughs> and I really appreciate you taking the time out, man. I'm a big fan of your show. Um, yeah, man. Thanks. Thanks for highlighting something out of Canada. We always, we always like it when Americans are talking about us. So. <laughs> <laughs> Take care, Archie. Thank you all so much for tuning in to another episode of OPP and to our special guest, Archie Mann. Be sure to check out Archie's podcast comments on Apple, Spotify, or wherever else you listen to podcasts. Be sure to check out Archie's podcast comments on Apple, Spotify, or wherever else you listen to podcasts. This episode was mixed by Joshua Coleman. Music for this episode was produced by Richie Quake. And are you down with OPP? If so, be sure to leave us a five-star rating in the Apple app and let me know your favorite podcast in the review section. Lastly, check out my other show, Silent Giants, which highlights the superstars behind the scenes of popular culture. You can find Silent Giants on Apple, Spotify, and wherever else you listen to podcasts. I'm your host, Corey Cambridge. God bless y'all. Till next time. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.